Play clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. To Henry. Quick snap. Breeze. Pass is incomplete. No flag for Tommy Lee Lewis. Got him. We have just witnessed arguably the craziest weekend of football period this weekend in what was just just a, a crazy divisional round. It had everything you ever want. All four games ended on the last play of the game. And so, of course, that means we got a whole lot to talk about because Joe Burrow, he's on the dirt. Or he's throwing touchdowns. There's no in-between right there. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen still can do their thing. Gabriel Davis. Do we need to talk about overtime? Yes, we do. Um, even though if it's just a little bit because we've already covered it earlier this season. Oh, man. But there's just plenty to talk about between. Take a look at each of the games. We're going to take a look, of course, with buy it or sell it. And then what else but shooting blanks with none other than, of course, our lovely guest. The man... That's wearing a beautiful long sleeve t-shirt, which you can find at the fourthlong.com forward slash apparel. He's the man whose team is going to the NFC Championship game, even though their quarterback has not averaged 150 yards uh, a playoff game. He is the man that only drops hot takes, and it's not close. Alex, welcome. Welcome, in. Let's do this thing. Thank you. First off, I just want to take a couple seconds and publicly apologize for my co-host's um, uh, defamement of Jimmy Garoppolo's <laughs> He is a winning quarterback. There's actually only one stat in the NFL that matters, and it's the one-loss record. And Jimmy Garoppolo is quite elite in that category, which is the only thing I actually, care about. he's the most elite. He's incredible at winning games, which <laughs> only they need in the playoffs. That's what we do. We're – it's – I heard someone make this comparison, and while I, I hate, you know, drawing comparisons to, to, to these teams, especially mm -hmm. a team boring as those, um, you know, mid-2000s Giants that, that beat mm. yeah. both teams, but it's a team that is incredible at rushing with four. Mm -hmm. Defense wins games and keeps them in the ball game. Their quarterback doesn't have to do much, make a couple plays here and there, and their running game is extremely solid, and that's a lot of what the Niners are based off of, and... I mean, I, I, I am so confident as a Niners fan whenever they line up on the field because, A, I know that they are going to at least be in the game in the fourth quarter, whether that be up and Jimmy bringing him back or down and Jimmy bringing him forward. So any single situation, I know that the Niners are going to be in play, and especially going into L.A. where we've already beat them the last six times, I, I am extremely confident. I, I don't think that we're a, you know, a slam dunk going to win this, this game because – you know, it, it kind of reminds me of the the Georgia Alabama game where or the Georgia Alabama scenario where you know can can Georgia finally you know kill the boogeyman? Can Sean McVay finally beat Kyle Shanahan? You know, this is the venue where it could happen. They've been playing extremely well. They have the horses on defense. They you know just beat us seventeen to nothing in the the first twenty eight minutes of a football game in week eight. <laughs> we have it in them, but I feel awesome as a Niners fan. It's incredible. Dude, what a time to be alive for your sake. And just imagine real quick before I hop into things, just imagine if Jimmy Garoppolo 
didn't have those that one guaranteed play a game where he totally just does something incredibly stupid. He would be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. It's kind of <laughs> it's almost stupid, but if you look at wins, Alex, like you said, just about no one in NFL history has done it better than Jimmy Garoppolo, and he has two Super Bowl rings to show for it, whether you like it or not. He's he, uh, Jimmy G is just like you want behind center when you're in a playoff game for some reason or another. Everyone just plays better around him, and there's there's those guys that you can't really put your finger on what makes them special and what makes them a winning quarterback. But Jimmy's got it. Another thing for the 49ers. Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, Nick Bosa. <laughs> what a year in playoffs this guy has been having. But let's get into things, ladies and gentlemen, because. Like I already said, we got a bunch to talk about, but before we hop into it properly with the Titans and the Bengals, of course, you can find all of our great content over at thefourthandlong.com or NFL specific. That's at thefourthandlong.com forward slash NFL. You can find all of our shows audio-wise just on the main page there. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Rumble, Google Podcasts. Um, we're in a lot of places, so go ahead and f follow us, especially hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. And Alex, I do have... A very unfortunate announcement, and that is that for views and ultimately for money, because we like those, I have sold my soul to the glorious CCP and made a TikTok, so I'll be posting the clips there too. Nah. Uh, there you go. There you go. Uh, Gotta join the wave, friend. Yeah, I had to rip the band-aid off, but you know, everyone that's been listening to this for a while knows I, uh, I'll do a lot for views, <laughs> especially eating the hottest yeah, ship in the world. So, uh... You know, you know, we, we do that kind there's, of there's stuff nothing, here. Nothing this man will not do to entertain his fans and to to just, just bring bring joy watching someone else eat a really hot chip. You're not either, much else you could ask for. Alex, all I can say is you're either laughing with me or more than likely you're laughing at me. But let's hop into things with the Titans yeah. versus the Bengals. We saw it was a battle of two teams that never did well in this situation. The Titans, this is their third um, home game. as a, This is their third playoff game is a number one seed. They have yet to win. They were 0-2 going to this game. The Bengals in their franchise history have hardly even made to this point, let alone won a playoff game on the road. And so it was which train was going to fix itself first ultimately, and that was the Joe Burrow led Bengals because he becomes the first quarterback since Donovan McNabb to win a playoff game even after being sacked eight or more times. Like I said, this guy's on either on the dirt or he was making plays in this game. All right, and they did get a big boost because Ryan Tannehill, uh, it looked like he was wearing the teal and orange of the Miami Dolphins because three interceptions, one of them on the first play of the game, was not great. We'll have some more to say about him a little bit later. But, man, what a game this was if you're a Bengals fan. I mean, I, I think the way you described it, the, the game could be better described as, you know, which train was going to break down the slowest because <laughs> this, these teams were atrocious on offense. The only player that Tennessee had that was playing football that game was A.J. Brown. The only time they had any sort of offense is if they threw the ball as far as they could to A.J. Brown, and hopefully he was one-on-one -on -one with the defender and could make a play. Julio Jones was was non-existent for most, most of the game. He had, what, like five or six catches for, for very, very minimal yards. Yeah. Nobody 
field showed up. I don't think they targeted a tight end. Derrick Henry was a, a, a step slower than um, than what he you know normally is, and I think we've harped on this a ton. But Derrick Henry is not a good short yardage back. On the two-point conversion, on any fourth and ones, or on any of the goal line plays, he takes way too long to get any inertia. If you're running with him and you're not giving him a pitch or giving him some sort of outside carry where he can actually get some momentum and get some inertia, he's not a good player because people can just come down and chop his legs, which you saw multiple times. And with with Joe Burrow and the Bengals, they played atrocious. They got sacked nine times and they still won the game. The only reason that they're still in the playoffs right now is because I think Adam Gase came back to do a guest appearance to coach the Titans for a little bit. And Ryan Tannehill reverted back to his turnover-ridden Dolphin days. But mm -hmm. this, this game was horrible. It wasn't a fun game to watch. The defensive lines dominated. Ryan Tannehill played atrocious. Joe Burrow made a couple plays. Jamar Chase is still amazing. And Evan McPherson was probably the best player in the game. That's hey, Or Alex, I'll one-up you. Evan McPherson, to this point, is probably the MVP of the playoffs. Just because this dude has been clutch as hell when the Bengals need them. And I don't, I can't really think of necessarily another player off the top of my head right now that has almost single-handedly won their team their game. We remember the first week, Evan McPherson kicked the game-winning field goal, or sorry, in the super wild-card weekend. And now Evan McPherson just kicks nothing but bombs. It's not like it was chip shots either. This rookie has ice in his veins, and he's already getting close to Justin Tucker levels of clutch. Evan McPherson, Super Bowl MVP incoming. <laughs> Weeks in, I absolutely love that call. Oh, man. I, I would be a fan of that one. Uh, but let's hop into the game that you love the most, and kind of like the Bengals Titans one. If you weren't a Niner fan... This game really wasn't that good, especially on the offensive side of the football. We and I do your little dance, jeez. Uh, but it's like watching your future quarterback choke away a, a playoff game for the eleventh time this year. You know or what? Um, he's still an improvement. So it is what it is with that one, Alex. But would you would you believe it that one of the worst special teams? I uh, probably the thirty first worst. Yeah, a uh, special teams unit in the league, only ahead of the Denver Broncos. Oh my gosh, I hate. Wait, that. I thought I would. I thought the Packers were just like by far the worst special teams unit in the league. I don't know. They they're I, right up there. Maybe statistically, I, I, but by the wise. the gap between the Packers and the thirty first team is the same gap between the thirty first and the tenth team in special teams. DOA goes. I, I I believe that's the cast the the stat. Don't get me wrong, but bottom mm -hmm. line. The Packers had an atrocious special teams. They talked about it the whole week moving forward. I don't think it's that hard of a situation to clean up. And the best part about all their special team flaws, you go through it with the Packers. Missed field goal. Um, the block punt for a touchdown, obviously. The kickoff returns to Debo Samuel. And on the cherry on top, the last play of the game. Dude! When you did the block, you have 10 guys on the field. Are you After kidding? a timeout. After Are you a timeout. Kidding? You got 10. If that if that special teams coach is not fired, then I have no idea how he's got like, he's got got some dirt on the floor for sure. He doesn't fired? deserve to be coaching junior pee wee football. All right, that how you have to you have how? to try 
um, but then at your job. And and, and just to- It's almost impressive how bad that was and how embarrassing that was. Yeah, and it's, it's it, the, the best part about it is too, is the Niners had five or six guys in the Green Bay backfield waiting for the punt to drop. Like, the, when have you ever seen that amount of <laughs> backfield of a punt? Like, ever, that just doesn't happen. But with this, this game, the Niners had absolutely no business winning this game. We played atrocious. We played as bad as we could possibly play. And I think if you At combine offensively, you know, the yeah, defensive guy gave it, a little bit of love there. But the last six right. quarters, the last six quarters of, of offensive football from the 49ers has been some of the worst football I've ever seen. I think they have zero offensive touchdowns. Um, maybe a garbage or not a garbage touchdown. I think they had a, the Debo Samuel run in the third quarter against the Dallas team, but they mm-hmm. haven't had a down in the last five offensive quarters. That's not good. Eli Mitchell does not seem like he's he's running the same way that he did in the regular season. George Kittle's not getting targeted. Debo Samuel is or just, he just ab- drops it. He just he's absolutely oh my gosh, those freaking first two back catches. To back. back to back. It was right in Jawan Jennings' hands and Kittle was gonna run for a mile. It was those hurt me, you know. I mean, that's that's like I, and, and I think Jimmy's one of those guys where he's such a rhythm player. Those two misses in the first half really kind of threw him off the rhythm. And, you know, that that's his money. That's his money play. You saw it late in the second half, too, is that that middle middle seam, middle arrow route from Debo mm-hmm. or the middle seam running with Kittle or, or Jawan Jennings. That's his money throw. He loves throwing it in the middle of the field, and he's got guys that can run after the catch. But um i mean overall just an extremely gritty win by the 49ers aaron Rodgers completely choked it away he played horrible he just seemed like he was targeting Devontae adams or aaron jones out of the backfield and no one else um none of the tight ends got looks alan lazard was wide open on the last play and he was still just absolutely uh you know plastered mm-hmm. to Devontae adams and they just they just did not play very well and we are lucky to get out of that game obviously but um the the packers didn't deserve that one either and that's why he got sent to a place that is no well now Aaron Rodgers think about retiring or at least it will be a while till he tells us what he's doing. So I really think the best place for him to go at this point is one with a more well-rounded receiving core, and one that is known for sending quarterbacks off with the Super Bowl championship, and that is the Denver Broncos. It happened once. What do you John mean, Elway there? and Peyton Manning? Thank you very much. But Elway was there the whole time. Yeah, but he sent him off at the Super Bowl. I know, but this... No, no, shut up. Let me run with my narrative, Alex, because I want hope. I want hope that I don't have to see Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, uh, Case Keenum. uh, um, Who is it? Who's the... Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. uh, Bortles was there as well. Elvin Harmon. Is that who it was? No. He was the receiver that played a a game against this... um, Oh, man. I don't know why I'm a bad fan. I'm blanking on his name. Um, you know, I just want someone that is actually known to be a uh, Kendall Hinton. Uh, Kendall Hinton. Nice. Yep. Yep. There we go. Came in clutch before you could Google it. <laughs> That's a good Broncos fan right there. I saw you tapping and put the pressure on. It really made the brain work a little bit more. Um, and then talk about going from one legendary quarterback that might retire to apparently another that I didn't even know there were talks about this until Al Michaels and Chris Collins were sorry talking about in the broadcast. Let's talk about the. Let me correct this real quick. So I, I'm an avid Bill Simmons listener. Okay. I love uh, his content. I actually don't really like Bill that much in his takes, but I love his content because it's exactly what I want to listen to. 
but he's been on this this Brady. This might be his last game for a couple weeks now, okay. and he's he's Austin fan, so he's been tuned into it. So I'll uh, I'll have to give him a little little shout out there for all my BS listeners. All right, fair enough. I honestly I didn't hear. He's been the only one though. He's been the only one that's been on top of this story at all, and it's just like I have a feeling like he's based on no research, no data, anything. He's just like I have a feeling he's gonna leave. Huh. Well, fair enough. Sometimes you got to trust the gut. I'm not sure if I like Tom Brady. The, I, I don't think I agree with the thought of Tom Brady going out on a loss in a poor performance. This guy is way too damn competitive to end his career on this kind of note. And I, he led the league in passing yards, all right? This guy still has a Super Bowl in him. I 100% believe that. And so and I, I really think Tom Brady is going to play until he doesn't think he could win the Super Bowl. And I honestly don't know how much that that can be a while. <laughs> that can really be a while. Yeah, and especially especially with with that team and the way they're built, is I don't think that I don't think the Bucks are not going to invest a ton into their talent next year if Brady comes back here. Like this, that's mm-hmm. a classic team that's made up of okay, we don't really care about the future right now. Let's stock it in as much as Brady's playing, and we already have our guy for excuse me, moving forward. Kyle Trask is there already, so don't need to worry about drafting a quarterback. And now you're just trying to, you know, set up the offensive line, which is already great, and then try to replace some of these skill guys that, that clearly was – they just didn't have the, the juice come playoff time. Mm-hmm. And before this game, if we want to talk about it itself, the thing I was I was hungry most about, when he went down in the Super Wild Card weekend, when Tristan Wurfs went down, I was like – Oh, no, it's time to sound all the alarms you can. And then, especially when they got paired up against the Rams, I think it was announced on Friday that Tristan Wirfs was not going to be playing, or maybe it was Saturday. And when you have a guy like Von Miller, who's been extremely hot the last five weeks, lining up against a backup tackle, bad things are going to happen. And that's exactly what happened this game. I it, Bob Miller had an incredible amount of pressures. He had, well, if uh, there wasn't a bat snap by the Rams that followed it, he would have had a super pivotal, uh, pivotal turnover play. This guy was unbelievable. And, of course, we had playoff Lenny making uh, his, his appearance well-known in his game back. Tom Brady had flashes. It was, but it was another one of these similar to that Rams and Niners game at the end of the season where the Rams get out to a big lead. They're looking great. And then they kind of blow it, and then, um, but luckily this time they were able to pull down the end. Um, also, it helped that the Patriots or the Patriots, wow, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did not know how to cover Cooper Cup for some reason. I well, think... did you see what happened on the actual? Did you see that? Watch the film on that. It looked like it looked like everyone was was blitzing, except the safety did not realize that he had to get back onto the deep half. It, it was completely botched coverage by the safety. You think the last guy you want to leave wide open is Cooper Cup. The middle of the field. <laughs> twice. It happened to, at least twice. And it's not even like they were playing cover two and he split the safeties. The safety was just too far over to one side. Yeah. He was just one side of the field. You think ridiculous. you might want whatever side. I, I know I'm no defensive coordinator, Alex. But whatever side Cooper Cup, uh, uh, whatever side of the field Cooper Cup's on, I think I want to put my guys a little bit more lined up to him, right? And also, let's let's dispel any of the uh, preconceived notions that that Cooper Cup is one of those Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, you know, slot fifty guys. Dude's got burners, and the dude is elite. Is an elite athlete. Yes. He's he's got every single tool in the bag. Well, you know, he does have the uh, the Wes Welker, Hunter Renfro type inside routes. He's also got deep 
elite speed. He's incredible. He's Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams in one beautiful wide receiver package. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> and he's got a, got a coach that's willing to drop any single play, make him open. And what I loved about the Rams' first drive is that they they sent it. They obviously you get Cooper Cup, and then you bring in Odell Beckham Jr. Then you get it to Everett, and then your Matthew Stafford was spreading the football around, and that is but, going to be super beneficial. And and he, he played, um, Cam Akers did not play well. That's something that they need to clean up for sure. But they, yeah. it, it's it's not a, it's not a position where a they lack depth. I mean, Sony Michelle is their lead back the entire year. They're fine there. Um, Cam Akers is obviously going to have you know. A game where he he's gonna have he's gonna have get have to go up with the fumble department. And he's still an athlete and he still looks like he's fresh, which is incredible. So, um, and you know, even if you, you do have little little lowered confidence in, in Cam Akers, he's still your most dynamic back, and they're gonna use him, and they have to against the Niners. They didn't have him the, or I guess they had him for a little bit in, in Week 18, but um, you know, wasn't obviously to his full potential. So. Yeah, that was a, a a game that you know the Rams just love to choke away these games. They did it in Week 18. They um, did it again this week. And if they get up by a touchdown, two touchdowns against the Niners this week, they're probably gonna do it again. That's yep. What happens? <laughs> it's just what happens. And if you're the Niners, uh, of course, we saw Trent Williams having some injury issues uh, during this game during uh, when they were playing the Packers. You better hope and pray that this guy is ready to go because. Von Miller and Aaron Donald in just the playoffs alone in, in um, two games have combined for 24 quarterback pressures. That's a night. That's just an absolute nightmare. <laughs> so, like, so what are you going to do? You're going to step up in the pocket? No, um, Aaron Donald's there. Are you going to roll out? No, Von Miller's right there. That is a lethal pass rushing duo that is also great on stopping the run because Von Miller can make his plays in space on uh, defending the edge. Incredibly, by the way, is he? I think him and Leonard Floyd right now are the two fastest outside edge rushers that we have in the NFL. The way they can get around the horn of the tackles mm. so freaking fast is is nuts to me. Well, I, it's, I, it's Von Miller's first step. His first step is freaking lethal. I could tell you, uh, as experienced playing offensive tackle, Von Miller a lot of times likes to line up in that wide nine. All right, so we're going to talk a little football talk. So for those those that know the center. In the middle of their body is called the zero. On their left, on either shoulder, it's the half. All right, or at least some places is different. Why I play? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we in college we did the half, and then on the right. guard, um, talking left guard from right shoulder to left, it's the one, two, three tackle, four, five, six. Then tight end, or if there's no one out there, it's still seven, eight, nine, just imaginary. Von Miller lines outside where a tight end would be. He's a whole man away from the tackle, and he could still. Beat him to the punch to the quarterback. And now I hated when defensive linemen in, in edge rushers would run, uh, go out that wide, especially guys talented in my area like Bob Miller, where they can beat you just with speed all the way around. You have to get a hell of a kick step your first one. Or they can hit you with that one step because Bob Miller is so good and then hit you with the inside move and go get there and play, play some games and stunts. It's and one of those ones you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Because he gives himself so much space, but he can play with that space because he's that damn fast. And I, I think the biggest thing, too, is, is what you're hitting on on that, just like the technique side of it, is when you line up those guys outside the – like, imagine the tackle and then another guy outside of him on his line, and outside of that guy is where the, the defensive ends would line up. When they have that sort of runway and that sort of 
um, that sort of space to gain speed and to gain momentum towards the quarterback, you're, you're left as an offensive tackle. You, you know, you're starting stationary. You're the one that's getting attacked. You're the one that is 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 coming. The, the defender's coming at you. And a good offensive lineman, what do they want to do? They want to get inside. They want to grab your breastplate. They want to control your body and not let you get outside of them. And when you start a guy so far out there that is as athletic, as strong, and as fast as Von I think Miller, that strength goes overlooked. Von Miller's strength goes overlooked. Yeah. It's like it's it's when when you have the ability to come at you with speed and then wrong arm to to you know kind of shield off the the tackle from mm -hmm. cutting that angle. You have you have, you have no defense for it at all. Like you saw it multiple times where Von Miller just sprinted around the outside edge, dove at Kyler Murray, and just gets him because. Mm -hmm. It's a straight line to the quarterback, and he gets there every single time. It, it, it's our, I, oh man, I love I love this little portion of the show right now because it's been a while since I really got to talk offensive line. And sweet damn, I miss it because that is the best position out there. But it's all about the first kick step, and the hard yep. part is so when they're out that wide, you want to hit more of a vertical um, kick slide. Normally, with the closer they are, the sharper of an angle you take out to get them. But the problem with offensive line, you got to get. You got to take a big first step against Von Miller when he's lined up in that nine. But then that opens up the inside. And the only also problem with that is that it opens you up. You're susceptible to blitzes because if offensive line, you got to take the inside. You always take the inside gap because that's mm -hmm. the quickest way to the quarterback. Simple stuff there. But you got to get out for Von Miller. So especially a delayed blitz is ridiculous, especially when you got Aaron Donald taking up the center's that's attention and almost both guards' attention as well. It makes it so hard to block this guy. It's if they do, they do any sort of tackle and stunts with Donald and Von Miller, the ability for 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 Aaron Donald to just Donald. as fast as you can in there, and then Von Miller coming around the outside, mm -hmm. he's got three or four sacks like that already this year. Mm -hmm. Just speed, Aaron Donald. You have to spend so much attention on it, and then you just put another elite pass rusher in Von Miller and another above average pass rusher in Leonard Floyd. I would I would argue yeah, because yeah he's a first round pick he's an elite talent he's mm -hmm. got set, he's had double digit sack numbers in the nfl before and just that combination of those three it, it's it's wreaking havoc right now when they're all playing in unison and it, it, it's going to be extremely interesting to see what shanahan does to kind of counteract that that type of um that, that type of athleticism do you run at him do you chip him do you keep kittle out there to to, to block the the ends absolutely do i love um, delayed routes from George Kittle right now so he can get a yep. chip and, because he is an elite level blocker. So you use yep. him to block a little bit and then you get him into a little bit of space and quick yep. passes are what the 49ers are going to need to do in this game. Especially with, uh, I think that the weakest part of the Rams defense is their linebacking core. Mm -hmm. And when you have a linebacker that has to um, either, you know, play one-on-one -on -one with Kittle or spy Kittle, you know, they're, they're reading like they're reading pass block they're reading just that he's blocking so some of those younger linebackers which the rams have very young middle linebackers ernest jones is extremely young he took over halfway through the year when you see that that guy you saw devin white do this a lot in the tampa bay bucks game when you see your guy that you are man-to-man -man with blocking a lot of those linebackers those fast linebackers tendencies is to just go after the quarterback as fast as you can and a lot of the times that guy that's blocking if he releases or if if that guy senses that that now he's the outlet pass, mm -hmm. dude, wide open. Especially mm -hmm. if the playing man, you got no, you have no response or no way to to, to tackle it at all. Oh man, 
Uh, okay. All right. Now, I'll decompress because, man, Alex, I got to say, that's the most I've talked about offensive line and, and blocking, I think, this that's entire awesome. season. And, oh, dude. Hmm. Offensive I've, line, all right? Favorite position on the field besides quarterback is the offensive line. It's Well, it they bailed the, your ass out a few times in high school. I remember. Of course they did. I was untouched for most games. It was incredible. Dude, that CO, all right, so those who don't know, Alex and I, we did go to the same high school. He was a few classes ahead of me. And so um, he was a quarterback over there. And that offensive line that you had, it was probably the best offensive line that school is ever had. And you got some monsters. Josh Davis, rest in peace. Diego Gastelum, studs. Dude, um, Porter, the dude that didn't have a neck because his traps were that big. Yep. Stud. Yep. Alex uh, had some beasts in front. Or tight end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, what, what a time that was. Of course, we had a decent offensive line, but they – those that was the biggest offensive line I've seen in the high school. <laughs> they were incredible. They were incredible. They were putting something in the water, that's for sure. But uh, let's get to the last game and the most exciting game, hands down, of this divisional round, and that was the Chiefs versus Bills. And if you take a look at the the win um the the win um or like the the chance to win percentage, or whatever the hell you want to call it, if you see it, it looks like someone is. It it, it, I, it looks like a seismograph from like a 10.0 earthquake. It's just boom, 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 boom. I think there are five lead changes in the last two minutes of that game alone. It was freaking ridiculous. Maybe it, it really might be the best football game I've ever watched. Like that didn't include the Broncos winning the Super Bowl. So take out the bias from there. I honestly might put Chiefs Rams on Monday Night Football and Chiefs Bills uh, from this divisional round is some of the best football I've ever seen in my entire life. The only problem is, if you're the Bills, your number one overall defense failed to show up in this game, especially in the last 13 seconds of the game. But Gabriel freaking Davis might have had the best single-player performance in, in the history of the NFL because four touchdowns, over 200 yards. Most of this happening in what felt like the last three minutes of the game. What a game this was. I mean, this was – the. Gabe Davis kind of did this last year too, and in the I think it was the end of the first half. Um, I want to say it was their second game that they played, where he had like three or four incredible sideline catches in a row. And I, I just feel like when it comes down to the one-on-one -on -one matchup, Stephon Diggs is awesome. We get it, but <laughs> when number three guy that goes to Gabe Davis, and Gabe Davis came out of UCF. He was their number one receiver, alpha dog, like mm -hmm. was the guy that went up for contested catches and got every single one-on-one -on -one ball. And and this is the guy that's now playing one-on-one -on -one in the slot against your nickel corner or playing against a safety or playing against your your uh, your, your second string corner. And it's he's eating their lunch right now. And him and Josh Allen, for whatever reason, when it gets to the playoff time, they have some sort of connection that um, it, it's, it's special to watch. But I think, yeah, you, you, you hit it this game. one route where I think it was for a second touchdown when he, he – didn't just break this defender's ankles. I think he sawed them off and took them home with him to, to Buffalo. Just because that – I've almost never seen the guy shaking that bad on such – just a nice little stutter step. It wasn't anything huge. It's just this nice little move that, that that murdered a grown man. He's he's very, very silky with his route running. Underrated. Well, now he's on the radar. And Stephon Diggs put himself on the radar is a defender because the way he took out that streaker. That, that was incredible, too. I mean, that's, that's I, 
from going last year to, you know, seeing that, that iconic picture of Stefan Diggs, you know, watching the whole Chiefs team celebrate, and now he's got the picture of him decking the, the street. Got a, quite the resume building against the Chiefs in the playoffs. He's usually going to give you something to look out for. Absolutely. And, of course, we talked about this. I want to talk um, – actually, we're going to save our talk for shooting blanks with AK for when it comes to – what should we do with overtime rules? Because obviously, when the game this big and the game went overtime, there's going to be plenty of questions. I've always said, I've been saying for the whole season now, college overtime rules, but you start in the 50s instead of the 25. I really do think it's that simple because at the end of the day, it comes to entertainment. This game was by far entertaining. It was absolutely entertaining. But what you want to have been even more entertaining, if we got to see Josh Allen have the football one more time and a stat alex i want to give you last there's been 10 and so i think it was like 10 overtime games since this rule became a thing nine of the team the 10 teams that uh won the coin toss have won the game was that because they went down and scored a touchdown or they just seven of those were just because they won the touchdown because they went down and scored a touchdown I'm the other team not getting the the ball is way too much in any situation. Now, like I, I I've never I've never been a big fan of um, you know, just saying oh this needs to change like that needs to go away without having like an actual tangible way to fix it or solution. But you laid it out. I think that's an incredible solution. You you give both teams the chance to to go down there and score. You know you have huge advantages with guys like Justin Tucker and Evan McPherson on your team. Cause you don't even need a first down to score in overtime. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that would be perfect. And, and you yeah, know, we'll, we'll touch on it later, but clearly something's wrong. And I think that this game kind of, you know, brought to light that these overtime roles, at least in the playoffs mm-hmm. need to change. And I think that something is going to happen from it. I'm okay. Yeah. That's a good point. If they change the playoff, I'd rather than change the playoff rules. Um, and then like actually have a change in, um, if they leave the regular season rules the same, I wouldn't hate it. But when it comes down to the playoffs, I think it's funny to watch those those records. It's always the funniest team, guys. It's a uh, shout to the Steelers. All right. Oh, man. But that's going to do it. Take a look and broke down everything you need to know about these last four games. Now, let's move it in to the next thing we got here because... I had the genius, you know, stroke of genius sometimes just hits you, and it hit me like a freight train in our super wild card weekend breakdown, and that is the new segment. Well, same segment, new name, shooting blanks with AK, because, oh man, I love this one, because uh, we're going to hit the, we're actually going to switch up a little bit, we're going to buy or sell at the end, because I got some fun stuff we want to talk about, there's some stuff we hinted on in the um, game breakdowns that I just wanted to get right into. And I know you guys won't mind because it's a great segment. But for those that don't know how uh, don't know how this works, I got three statements, and they have a blank at either the beginning, middle, or end. And it's up to Alex to fill in with whatever he wants. It could be a word, it could be a paragraph, it could be an essay, it could be just a sound, a simple grunt, and I will accept it. So, statement number one, Alex, is that the most important play from any game this week was blank the coin toss and the buffalo bills <laughs> oh my gosh i mean i think we brought it up last week a little bit 
I personally think those are the best two teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I, that's what we said at the beginning of the year. You know, we either thought it was going to be a Bucks chiefs rematch or um, I think you were on the Bills to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, but those two teams are by far the best in the NFL, I believe. Um, I, I just don't think with those two quarterbacks you can go anywhere else with, with anyone running your offense. Those two guys are extremely elite. I can hear the argument for both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and – whoever got the ball first, especially with the way that the last four drives for that game was going to win. And it was just that easy. And um, that was essentially a game winning coin toss. You know, especially with the set that I threw down, you know, the whole nine and one kind of situation we got going on. Ah, yeah. Yeah. There's really something to that. We'll touch a little more on the overtime in by yourself. Um, But same number two blank is the best mobile threat quarterback that we saw in the playoffs this year. I mean, Josh, Josh Allen is the best mobile quarterback. He's probably, honestly, I, I would, I think Josh Allen is a more dangerous runner than Lamar Jackson is. I, I love it. That's nuts. I get it. But here's the thing with Lamar, you need space. He doesn't love to run between the tackles anymore. He did it a lot in his first two years, but he doesn't do it a lot anymore. He thinks of himself more as a pocket passer. But in these last four weeks, Josh Allen has just said, okay, I'm the best running back on the field as well as the best quarterback. And when they run those QB powers, QB sweeps, it seems like it is completely blocked to crap. And he just comes out of nowhere dragging eight defenders for a, a, a first down. It's just what he does right now. He's un- a big-ass guy. <laughs> you just can't, you can't tackle him one-on-one. You just can't. And he's also got one of the strongest arms in the NFL. His, his, his weaponry is unmatched in the NFL. It's crazy. He's the best mobile threat in the playoffs. Dude, I got to tell you, I freaking love, and I was tweeting about that. Of course, you find that fourth long radio on Twitter. Um, I tweet way too much there. But I was talking about that during the game, Is especially like on fourth downs, on short yards plays. It was a little bit overused in certain situations, I do believe. But overall, I love how Brian Dabble uses Josh Allen in the run game. It is great. There, I, I it just I, I love the, the the ballsiness of it. We don't really see it that often. Like when's the last time we really saw a team run quarterback power consistently? It's it's almost it's almost like they use him as a wildcat quarterback. It's like they they snap him the ball, they they give him a ton of different two way reads and he just mashes the ball up the middle. It's crazy to watch. I I freaking love it, man. I, I just gotta say. Oh man, it, it's it, it's good stuff. But um statement number three the NFL should blank for their new overtime rules. And I will preface this a I'll put it in quotes, a non traditional rule set. So I'm going to first say the NFL should outsource for their new OT rules. I don't think that it should be anyone within the NFL office or associated with the NFL making that decision. Great call. It should be the everyday fans, the average people that know what an entertaining football game looks like. Have them all sit in a room, bounce ideas off of each other, and something good is going to come out of that. Thank you, so, Alex. I am honored for that position. Be- I will humbly accept the position as the new rule maker for the NFL. That, that's oh, very nice of you. Specifically the overtime rule maker. You, you only come into play when overtime comes in, and it, it's almost like we send our um, most noble knights to the most noble fights, and you, my friend, have been selected <laughs> uh, to make this, this 
game-changing decision for the rest of overtime. And uh, Let's preface this, playoff overtime. Honestly, keep overtime rules in the regular season. That's totally fine. For playoffs, it needs to be different. They already changed the overtime rules for the playoffs, so it's clearly, you know, it's been a precedent to set to mm-hmm. a monitor or uh, alter from regular season to the playoffs. So I honestly don't have a great idea that's that's better than your 50-yard one idea. I think that's perfect. Um, going back and forth from the 50s seems like, the only logical way to decide who's better that day. It, it gives you the chance to your defense to step up, your special teams to step up, your offense to step up. Both teams get a chance for it. Um, it, it just seems like it's the better team is going to win out in that situation more often. And that's all that you want from overtime. You know what? In terms of, I'm so bummed that we never got this. We got really close, but when the XFL came back in 2020, their overtime rules were as a two point conversion shootout. Yep. I I want to see that in action, all right? But, Alex, hear me out. Hear me out. Here okay. is how we settle overtime at any time of the year, all right? We take the opposing strength and conditioning coaches, all right? And we put a bench on the 50-yard line in the middle of the field, put 225 pounds on that bitch, and we have a bench off. And whoever benches the most reps – wins the game for their team. I, I, I honestly think that that's the only logical way to do it too, because it really puts a value on that support staff. And, and all of a sudden, you know, most important player or staff member on your team is a strength and conditioning coach, which I think has a good trickle-down effect for mm-hmm. the entire team. And you, you all know which college coach is going to be making a crap ton of money if this rule is made? The guy from Northwestern. Yes, sir. Incredible. I think what's his name, Alex? Yeah. He is a monster. He's incredible. I love him. I love why, him so much. Why do they know exactly who you're talking about? Because he's a monster. Well, it's because we're on the same wavelength, too. It is. Or, or I'd like to submit a secondary idea. Still with the strength and conditioning coaches. But you put some 10-ounce boxing gloves on those guys and let them Ooh. go to work. Man, that's that's uh, I, that's another way to do it. Hey, but man, I also... Alex, one man enters a logo, one man leaves, one team wins. How about instead of that, you just take the two heaviest players from each team and do the same thing? Maybe but a sumo, sumo wrestling. That could be it. Hey, that Vince Wolfer comes out of retirement. You want to know who would have been the best sumo wrestler of all time? Refrigerator Perry. Larry Allen. Oh, well, okay. There you go. <laughs> Offensive lineman. Yes, sir. We, we, we got a theme going on this show. Offensive line, baby. Dude, that, would it. I like the sumo off. They yeah, actually I, used I, to have that event in World's Strongest Man in like the 80s, I think. Are you, are you big a World's Strongest Man historian or something? No, but I'm a I'm a fan of the sport. Shout out to Brian Shaw, the greatest athlete in the world, the strongest man to ever exist. A tank that is six foot ten, four hundred and thirty pounds, and can pull airplane cargo in pools, kind of planes that Alex, your brother, flies. You know, big old C one thirties, and he just mm-hmm. kind of walks with that. Not his back, you know. He does. Just no big deal. <laughs> morning. We have our morning walks. He has his morning C one thirty pools. It's not the same. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, what a what a specimen that is! But um, drop us your um, overtime rules and what you guys would like to see. Whether it be traditional, I would love that. Whether it be non-traditional, if you, if you guys could top me, I will do something. I will not guarantee anything right now because I 
about it on the show. The best idea that we get between now and, and the next show, we'll get a shout out and um, a personal compliment from yours truly. Well, because that means more than anything in the world. Absolutely. <laughs> ah. but, you know how compliments I give out? Very little. Right? Right? I've only complimented like a few people, but you know, is what it is. So, especially honor from you, Alex, really does mean everything to anyone. But oh, yeah. that's shooting it up with Alex. Shooting blanks with AK. Let us know your thoughts on all of that one. Worthy dropping the comments on YouTube, Rumble, uh, hit us up on our socials on Twitter or um, Instagram, or best of all, leave a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. And we're going to roll in to the second to last segment of the show. And it's time to get out your wallets. It's time to get out those credit cards. If you still, for whatever reason, carry a checkbook, for one thing, get with the times. For a second, get it out. Because it's time to buy or sell Alex. Let's get this sucker in. Because, for those who don't know, got another free statements on this one. And it's up to Alex of whether he's going to buy it or sell it. And statement number one is that the Cincinnati Bengals cannot go any further with this offensive line. I'm going to completely sell this statement because I think we just saw that they could get sacked nine times and still win a game. So... Honestly, like that's that's the lowest of the low for any offensive line. I don't think the Bengals or I don't think the uh, um, the Chiefs have a great defensive line minus Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. So, and we talked a little bit about it last week, but the Titans are extremely good at getting pressure with four. Danico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons, um, th- these guys are very very good pass rushers, and they showed that they they blitzed with or they they rushed with four a lot. They got home. The Bengals offensive line didn't hold up just as we imagined and they still won the game so i'm not going to put it anything past this this Bengals team they kind of have the little bit of the 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 smell that the niners team has on it just just figuring out ways to win the game so i don't think it's like their old line just played the worst it possibly could they still won the game so i'm not putting anything past them that's a freaking ridiculous statement to make and all i know is that the Bengals, your your first round your second round your third round pick all have to go to offensive linemen this year because you're a complete team. If you shirt the offensive line, if they if Joe Burrow was on the on the ground nine times that game, they route the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. That, that honestly, like they, they were sacked nine times. That's not that's that's almost like like 10-15% of your plays on the day are sacks. And that, like every third down as well. Yeah, it's just it drive killers, negative plays, havoc plays, chaos. That's what defenses want to do, and you allowed them to do that nine times. And that's not counting any of the holding plays that prevented sacks that could have been in digits. So, yeah, exactly right there. Um, the statement number two, going back to that Niners and Packers game, Aaron Rodgers has played his last games in the green and yellow uniforms. I'm going to buy it because I honestly don't know how he goes back to Green Bay. It seems like everyone in their fan bases were kind of dunking on him. And they mm-hmm. they, they just – it seems like it's time for a natural break. Aaron Rodgers has run his course. He's not someone that you can um, just tolerate for that long. He's just – he's kind of just a difficult human being to um, to have in your life for that long. kind of seems like that guy that just wears down at you. Like, okay, like here's Aaron again. Like he's, he's going to try to say something clever and he's like thinks he's – way like too cool for school and that's just kind of his vibe right he's not um, like a niner fan <laughs> uh, well i mean 
honestly, like we, there's nothing that Aaron Rodgers or Green Bay can do to to the Niners. They are no. they, they are horrible. Only four in the playoffs. The worst winning percentage against one team in the career in playoff history. And Aaron Rodgers has. To, I don't know the stats at all, but. Aaron Rodgers has to be one of the worst quarterbacks in the playoffs at home in NFL history. Yeah. In a top seed and loss at home is ridiculous. It happened the last, you know, three to four years. And um, you, you can't say anything, but Aaron Rodgers does not play well in the playoffs. Yeah, fair enough. And that, with that one and bonus points, where is he going to end up? Uh, dude, I honestly, <laughs> like, I, I think he ends up somewhere like, does he play uh, first of all, or does he retire? Yeah, he definitely plays next okay. year. He's okay. he's he's honestly, I, I don't think he's gonna let the media and the critics win one on him. So mm-hmm. they're they're he's gonna have to come back for for another year. Um, I think the Broncos are clearly in play. I think the Eagles are in play. I think the Washington Football Team is in play, and I think the Browns are in play. And I think one of those four teams. Um, has a really good shot at getting him, but he definitely plays next year. I just don't think it's with the Green Bay Packers. And we'll see about Denver. They did host Nathaniel Hackett for nine hours in Denver on Tuesday. Can you show be like a little more desperation? No, um, yeah. <laughs> Do you Go really? high. <laughs> um, Shailene Woodley as a, a strength and conditioning coach. <laughs> Might be good. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, but statement number three. The Tennessee Titans have reached their ceiling with Ryan Tannehill as quarterback. Uh, I'm going to sell the statement. I think he had a bad game. Um, he's already proven and shown that he can go into a hostile environment in the playoffs and win. Um, during the regular season, the four remaining teams that, or the the three remaining teams that were left in the AFC, they beat all of them in the playoffs or in the regular season. Mm-hmm. So the, the Titans did not play well on. Saturday. I don't think there's any way of getting around that. They played horrible. Tannehill's first pass of the game was intercepted. Not a good sign for him. Um, you know, I, I think they can kind of lean back and say, hmm. didn't have a healthy Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill played horribly, horribly mm-hmm. bad. Their defense played great. Their defensive line is something that you can build on, and it's going to give you an extremely high floor as a team because that defensive line is just dominant. Jeffrey Simmons is one of the best players in the NFL and he does not get enough credit, but um, you know, first off, I don't think that Titans have another option. Brian Tannehill was, is a guy that, um, you know, unless you have a Rogers, a Watson or a Russell Wilson to replace him, you're just not going to replace him. Mm-hmm. He's a, a middle to above average quarterback and that's fine for this Titans team. So I'm going to sell that statement. I would put him in the above average category right there. But if you take a look at his career stats when it comes to playoffs, he is now two and three in the playoffs. He was two and one um, in 2019. And that's when, oh man, they, they really blew that one to the Kansas City Chiefs, didn't they? Uh, but at least we got to see Mike Vrabel uh, keep his manhood because we all know what was on the line for that game. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. man. Um, right. And he's now a seven and seven touchdowns, five interceptions. Um, in that fa- he had really good twenty nineteen. Um, he had five touchdowns, one interception for the one point seven interse- interception percentage. This playoffs, one touchdown, three interceptions. That is not great numbers. You uh, and honestly, I don't know if he had the best receiving core in this. I honestly, if I'm the Titans. 
I wish that I probably wouldn't have traded for Julio Jones. Probably. Um, they should have just kept Johnny was what they should have done. Yeah. They should have. They really should have. Julio. Because with, with A.J. Brown, you don't need another alpha dominant receiver. Like, you have that guy. You have your outside X receiver. You need a... I even keep Corey Davis, too. I would yeah, just kept yeah. it the same. Yeah, probably just kept it rolling, right? They probably win. They probably beat the Bengals if they have those guys. I mean, with if you replace Anthony Ferkser and Julio Jones with Corey Davis and, and Johnny Smith, I think mm-hmm. you have a good job. I do too, and I, I really don't think that's a hot take right there. Uh, be, just because, you know, man, it's it was disappointing. Julio, I know there's a lot of people still hot on him. I didn't really care about this trade one bit. I didn't think it was really going to do anything beneficial. Obviously, it was hurt by the fact that he was hurt and he missed a decent chunk of time this season. But even if he did play all 17 games, I, I, his best years are clearly behind him. So I didn't think this was a great acquisition to begin with. And then you, you, you saw what happened this season. He also just—I don't know if it's the the number two, but he just looked significantly smaller out there. Like he didn't I think look it like was the two. He just—he didn't look like what? Julio out there. He just looked like kind of small and just like—is that Chester Rogers running around there? And but really, it's Julio Jones. Like this guy was this guy was like the prototypical outside X receiver for ten years in this league, and now he's kind of been you know resolved to the guy who runs crossing routes. It almost reminds me of Odell in, in Cleveland, just like kind of getting the ball because you need to get him the ball at some point. He's not really creating separation. He's not getting down the field. Like when was the last time you saw Julio Jones run a nine route and actually get the ball? Never. Like, I don't think that happened this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's Ryan Tannehill's fault. I wouldn't say so just because Ryan Tannehill and Matt Ryan are very comparable quarterbacks um, in terms of output in, in terms of like just how cons- throughout their careers they've consistently been – or um, they're really known as a above-average quarterback, but yeah. not great. But they're not going to lose you games. It's almost like a little bit better than Jimmy Garoppolo, I would say. But in that same category. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would group all those guys in the same category. And honestly, I think that's the category that Mac Jones is going to end up in as well. Yeah. Agreed, hundred percent agree. Which isn't a bad category. Like I, I, I don't think that's an insult. Her cousins. And Baker Mayfield needs to hope that he could get into that category. He he better hope that he's in that category and not the um, Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater category. category. Oh, oh, that's a bad category. Yeah. Oh, I don't think anyone wants to be in that category. There's red flags. <laughs> there are red flags everywhere with that one. Oh, that would not be good. But that's going to do for our buy or sell segment. Of course, uh, if you guys have any thoughts on this one, drop it. Like I said, everywhere, comments on YouTube, Rumble, hit us up on our socials, or best of all, leave a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. But we're going to cap this show off. In- let us know. I, I'm really actually curious. All the listeners out there, mm-hmm. let us know where you think Aaron Rodgers is going. Is Absolutely. he going to stay in Green Bay? Is he going to the Broncos? Is he going somewhere else? Is it a random team? Is he going to go be the Jeopardy host? Is he going to go on a retreat to uh, a Tibetan um, monastery? What is he going to do next year? Let us know. And and you'll probably be wrong, but so is everyone else. And, uh, unless you're me. <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> 
<laughs> you bet your ass I'll be posting all about that stuff this whole off season as well because it's going to be a while until we get an answer from uh from Aaron um Aaron Rodgers and he said probably going to even drag on to free agency yeah. so we're going to see him for Tom Brady it's going to be at least another week so man we're about to find out all of this but laser I'm like I was going to say. The one way where we kept this, the, the only way we know how to cop off a show is with the Nene of the week. And, oh, okay. Um, I, I'm jealous of you audio listeners at this point, so you don't have to see what Alex just did. It was, um, it was pretty white. Uh, I'll just, <laughs> I mean, it was a little bit like my 49ers dance earlier. I mean, what do you, you can't really say anything about it because we're in the NFC championship. Yeah, you're right. The Broncos, in their glory, they've never made an NFC championship, so I can't talk. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough. To, it's tough to do that. Really tough <laughs> to do that. Especially, right? Uh, and shout out to the Niners. They're playing their 17th NFC championship game as a franchise, and the second most is the Cowboys with I think it was 14. Mm-hmm. Also, the Cowboys haven't been in one since 1995. <laughs> I think we. I don't think we count anything post two thousand anymore. So they're at zero, unfortunately. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. and, and I with the Broncos for NFC Championship appearances. Oh, you're right. Damn it. Man, when not, the Broncos went? Hey, but not, what about, tell me when the Niners have lost one eight and made the AFC Championship game. All right. Uh, I mean, we can't. We you can't flip it back on me now. I think that kind of defeats it. You're oh, just. Yeah. Re- yeah, you're that's, just that's just a rehash. No one likes yeah. to rehash. Yeah, one, eh, you know, there's time to play sport, but not on this podcast. Not today. Absolutely not. But you want to know what there is time for? There's time to give out the award for the person, thing, universe, object, whatever the hell I want to give it to. That got nanade the hardest this week. And it's going to be very specific. It is going to be. It's a running theme, this one, but I still think it's the funniest part. It's going to be the head side of the co- or the tail side of the coin that they use in overtime because that thing hit the ground hard. and It never got to shine in front of the tens of thousands of people in that stadium. It was overlooked. It was overplayed. And tails does, in fact, fails. I mean, the, the tails had a chance to really kind of come through for the entire city of Buffalo. And it, it folded. I mean, you know, it's just like when a dog knows they did something wrong, they tuck their tail between their legs. <laughs> That's what tails did. They, they folded in overtime. Oh, a tails pun. Hell yes. Ridiculous. Oh, well, it's a tails pun for it because we're at the tail end of our show and it's time to tail off. Because, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to our divisional round recap. I hope it was at least half as good as the entertainment value that this weekend provided because that would make it amazing. But, of course, you can find all of our stuff at thefourthandlong.com. Stream the audio directly from the site. Or, of course, for video, you can find us on Rubble, YouTube, and Spotify. Spotify's video. Um, you can catch us also on Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcast from. And... You know, the really great stuff, you could see it right now. A little bit of an older shirt right now, but no, everyone loves a good throwback. You got the throwback fourth and long. Alex wearing the long sleeve fourth yeah. and long, looking good. Oh, look at those arms. Okay. Don't worry, it's still winter season out there. You need to be a little 
little bit warmer in the apartments and the house, you know, you got to keep the long sleeve on. Especially if you're like me, you're a cheap ass and you don't like to turn on the heat even though it's 20 degrees outside. So you, you need go. the layers, you need the length. You can find that very reasonably priced and also it just it just fits well. It's a nice quality shirt is and you can find that all at the4thalong.com forward slash apparel. Same place where you can pre-order your trucker hats, which I said still going strong. You can still um, buy them now, pre-order now, and $5 goes to a charity of your choice. But Alex, to sum up the divisional round in one word or phrase, have that. I hope the rest of the playoffs can amount to half as good as we had it last weekend. I really do. Fair enough, man. Three more games and three names to list before we cap off. Of course, shout out to our fantastic Patreon supporters. You become one for just a dollar a month over at patreon.com forward slash fourth long. Get behind the scenes contact, uh, bonus access to everything. You get discounts and all that great stuff. And shout you get shout out because shout out to our biggest donor, Raid Rodriguez, for all your card collecting needs, go on over to Instagram, follow at the Big Bat Box. Also, catch us every other Friday, including this Friday, for episode five of Card Stonks. And like I said, we're going vintage this week, baby. So you won't want to miss out. Shout out to Ryan Watson and Neil Wiley. Ladies and gentlemen, it's always a pleasure. And we're going to see you once the Super Bowl matchup has been decided more importantly on the road to the pro bowl. We'll see you guys next week.